morning. Welcome back to the podcast. Ah, it is a beautiful, beautiful 52 degrees out here in the middle of May. Got my seat warmer on because it is freaking cold and I love it. I just love it. I woke up this morning in the house kind of chilly. Didn't want to get out of bed. Had a bunch of blankets on me. Snuggled up. <laughs> and and I went to go look at the thermostat. And I was like, oh yeah, I have the AC on. But the house is dropping in temperature, so the AC is not going to do anything good. But I've got nothing for heat going. Because it's the middle of May. And just this past weekend, it was like 80 some odd degrees. As it should. Ah, uh, no, nah, but seriously, if you think I'm I'm being uh, facetious, sarcastic, I, I'm not actually. I, I do love it. I think it when the weather doesn't do like we want it to, or once again, the things we try to control as human beings or or predicate, right? The weather's not doing what we anticipate or almost demand of it to be doing. Like right now. It's mid-May. And our expectation for the weather is X, Y, and Z. The weather does whatever the hell it wants. It just so happens based on some science, some physics, rotations, orbital bodies. That yeah, summer's typically warmer, colders or winters are typically colder. But even you'll, you'll notice too in September and then October and even in November, if it's like still 70 out, people are like freaking out. Weather does what it wants to do, man. <laughs> uh, I just, I love it because it's just, it's, it's more of what I, I like to preach about. Just being optimistic on the things you can't control, having the right attitude. And so... Here in the first two and a half minutes of my podcast, I mean, I could wrap it up. The weather. If the weather makes you angry, you don't have control over your emotions and you need to work on that. If you don't like the climate that you're in, you need to do something about that. That's actually something I don't understand either. And I hope you're not one of those individuals that complains about the local regional forecast that you experience on average. Highs and lows, right? I mean, if you're somebody that hates snow but lives in Massachusetts or upstate New York or even better, Minnesota... you can't stand shoveling snow and you hate snow no 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 you don't get to complain about it well free country you can complain about it, it just falls on deaf ears like move relocate and then if you want to complain about I grew up here roots family job security all right 
If you stay there with intention and purpose, then you need to change your attitude towards something. To me, I think there are pretty much jobs everywhere. Now what you choose and want to do and are happy with, or even better yet, what you may be complacent with, are different things. So how's over his week going? It's Wednesday, and I'm just thinking about how I'm starting PTO next week, and I don't even know what to do with myself. It's really only like five days of PTO that I'm taking, but it feels like I'm I'm getting like a month off, and it's so odd that feeling of guilt. Like I had guilt putting it in. Because of what everything's going on, I'm probably gonna have super guilt. Like that's something I gotta work towards mentally right now. Is not feeling guilty about the time off that I earned. But it's it's tough when mentally you put yourself in a position where I like to be in a position to make decisions ergo be in charge because I feel I'm more equipped than others to make the right decisions and my experiences um, have, have gotten me to this point and once again I will clarify for you all it's not the fact that I make the right decision it's the fact that in the end of it when a call is made I will have used all the facts all my resources right so understand when I make a call it's not in a vacuum it's Seeking out the information, speaking to individuals, getting a second, maybe even a third opinion. And then at the end of all that, right? Because that's, that's actually the part in leadership that I think there's not enough of. Is especially the higher you go up, the higher you go up, right? The more and more you got to, the more and more somehow you get pigeonholed into making a decision in a vacuum. Like it all rests on you and you can't ask other people. Not only that, you can't even ask anybody below you, right, the, their opinion or what they think or, like, that That made, it doesn't make sense. I mean, you weren't, you probably weren't that far removed from that position. Um, shoot, maybe you, maybe you just got promoted a year or two ago. I mean, the person that's now sitting in your prior role, I'm sure they're pretty capable of making decisions. I mean, that's why they've gotten that promotion into your role, right? And just imagine when you were in that role and you wanted to be a part of decisions. It, we lose our perspective as we move around. Like, even as a parent, I, I always, at times, not all the time, but when I felt it pertinent, I would ask my kids, how do you want to be punished? What do you think's fair? Or, you know, not even not even necessarily with punishment, but just family decisions. Like moving homes, relocating. Major life decisions that if, if I can include them in a part of it, I would. But it always came with the caveat, too, that, hey, at the end of the day, you know, I, I respect and appreciate your opinion. But I... You know, once again, me and your mother are the ones that are going to own the choice and have to ultimately make it. 
to me, leadership, the same thing. If there's times that I feel comfortable enough or the situation kind of warrants it, that you can involve the troops in the decision, you should. So for me, I'm more hyper aware and sensitive to it because I want them to be, I want them to own a piece of the process. I mean, how vastly different people show up to the equation when they were part of it, it wasn't just forced upon them. And it's the same thing, once again, with my kids, right? If they're coming up with their own punishment, I mean, I mean what's there to argue or get upset about? Or If you involve the troops, if those, those that you're in charge with, with dictating how things can turn out, I'm not saying do it to disarm them from any disgruntlement, but will, will they own it a lot stronger if they were part of it? If you set out a goal that they were a part of, don't you think they're going to be more aggressive at achieving it? Hell yeah, of course they are. They're like, I want to get to that goal. I was a part of it. I decided we should do that or how we were going to do it or what it was instead of that's what they want. I wasn't a part of it. Or even, you know, that's not how I would do it. That's not the goal I would set. Who do you think is going to achieve the goal better? And then once again, don't be so naive as a leader to think that now that you've been promoted, that you have that title and role, that you've now been endowed with the, the abilities to have the best thoughts and the best ideas. And the way I even say it, you're like, yeah, that sounds ridiculous. But yet somehow, as people move up, they do. They do get this sense of, I'm prepared and trained now to make all the right decisions. To me, having a, a council, a, a group of minds, right? If you hire bright, smart, motivated individuals, they, you should get them involved in decision-making or planning, goal-setting, right? As the leader, you can set the rules, right? You can set the boundaries. Hey, within this range of values, right? My favorite is a scale of 1 to 10. I always like to ask my family a scale of 1 to 10. And they know it. And right now my wife's hopefully chuckling, thinking about that. And some context there, right? If one of them says, hey, I want to tell you something funny. And I go, well, how funny is it? Scale of 1 to 10. Or, hey, do you want to hear something crazy? And I'll go, oh, man, how crazy is it? Scale of 1 to 10. Right? I set the parameters from which to have the context of the conversation. And usually they operate pretty well within that. They don't operate outside of it unless they're trying to mess with me. 
but you can do the same thing with with those that you're placed in charge with whatever it is that you do sales or otherwise right So if you need to be more efficient, hey, you know, we're shooting for triple the amount of efficiency, right? Or we want to increase in efficiency, you know, anywhere from 20 to 40%, right? At a minimum 20% and really we know 40% is probably probably on the higher end of what we can really achieve. But that's that's our range that we're shooting for. There you go. You frame the context. This is where I need to be. This is where I'd like to be. How do we get there? So a little story to go along with that, right? There's this dude uh, in South Africa named Nelson Mandela. Recognizes a great leader. Oh, you forgot to get over, Chica. And... He learned a lot from his father, father being the head of his tribe at the time in South Africa, right? Multiple tribes, but he was the head of all the tribes. And he would observe how his dad led the other heads of the tribes. And one of the things that he observed was the fact that when they were discussing something, his father, the head of the tribe, we'll call him the CEO, he would be the last to speak. So whenever they were talking or discussing something, maybe coming up with ideas or thoughts or opinions, always the last to speak. And the interesting thing here is that power and title can have influence. See, if he was the first to speak, that could squelch other people's ideas. Because what if his idea as the head ran contrary to somebody else's? well, they're going to be less apt to maybe bring it up because they go, well, my idea is a complete 180 from that. Uh, it's probably best they don't bring it up. Or his idea is 180 from mine. He is not going to be a fan of my idea. Or he's going to think less of me because I'm trying to run contrary to what he wants to do. And then the other thing that can happen here in the mental mindset is where everybody else kind of reins back their ideas and they go well the CEO the head guy he came up with with the idea yeah that's good enough let's roll with that So that's why if you're ever in a position to lead a group or a team, try that. Don't say a word. Don't say a thing. That's the other tricky part too. That's the other tricky part. It's also not just a matter of being the last to speak, but genuinely being the last to speak and not showing any emotions or going when somebody, when the first person goes, oh, I love that idea. That's fantastic. Don't even say that. Just go, okay, yep. All right, next idea. Okay, thank you for presenting your idea next idea imagine how difficult that might be to truly just shut up and listen and not be biased 
and not be excited about every single one of the ideas. Maybe you love them all, right? But to truly foster collaboration, to really inspire transparency in how your organization operates and hearing other ideas. Right, so for me, in my dream organization, that happens like all the time. Once again, I say dream organization because really even in the nature of my beast, knowing what I want to accomplish, I can't always do that. I can't always have a, hey everybody, let's sit down and talk about it. It's This decision needs to be made within the next five to 10 minutes and just put the pieces in place. I'm good with that too. I'm I, I, very adept at putting the pieces in, in place and letting them fall where they may, <laughs> right? Because that's also, right, the... The the one thing that trumps a perfect plan is a good enough plan that's actually getting done. How often do people seeking the perfect plan just never get it in place, never execute it? Because it's, it's very difficult to have a foolproof, perfect plan. If you just have a really solid, good plan, get it in motion. And it's difficult. It's difficult when you see the flaws in it. When you see the holes in what you're trying to do. But something's got to get done. So this is a good leadership talk. But here's another leadership 101, right? Nothing will make people more upset is when... You're not making any calls. You're not doing anything. You're not taking any action. Right? The worst thing you can do in combat is not give any orders. Same thing with an organization. And it's not so much a matter of just appearing strong. It's a matter as long as things are kind of moving in the right direction, that makes everybody happy. When nobody's moving in any direction, that causes a lot of unrest. And especially when people are idle, human nature, it gives them, it gives them the opportunity to think about why everything sucks, why things could be better, how things could be better. human nature it's it's a tough it's a tough uh combatant because we we just we develop bad habits our society allows us to develop bad habits our culture So yeah, there you go. I think it's a pretty rock solid podcast. Gonna be a beautiful Wednesday. I am excited. The next few days are gonna fly by and I'm gonna feel like I just did not have enough time to do what I wanted to do. 
and that's cool. If there was ever, ever a day where I go, man, I got everything done. You know how I would feel? I would feel I didn't put enough on my plate. I didn't plan appropriately. It's challenging. It's very challenging. And this is just a little personal tangent I'm going on here. But I would rather have just a little bit more to do than what I'm probably physically capable of doing. And you know why, don't you, right? It's just pushing yourself. It's just pushing yourself a little more. What I can do now, well, I could not have done 10 years ago. And I didn't get there by just settling for what I could do 10 years ago. Just like when you go to the gym and you're putting on weights. And you go, and every week you're, you're benching 100 pounds. Most people can bench 100 pounds, no problem. But every week you go and you're benching 100 pounds, 100 pounds. And you're like, well, you know, this week, I've never benched 110. Maybe I'll give it a go. And you do it. And it's a struggle. Maybe you need a spot. But that's the tricky part, right? You don't go and you say, well, I've never benched 200 pounds. No way. You're going to hurt yourself. Yes. So you don't do those kind of leaps. But can you get to 200 pounds? Absolutely. You can get there... 2.5 pounds at a time. Typically the smallest plates you can get at a gym, right? And so if every month you just add another 2.5, every month, 102.5, and then the next month, 105, and then the next month, 107.5. You'll get to 200. But you saw how you had to get there, right? And so many people in life, they want to just go straight from 100 to 200. You know? They're like, ah, I can do 100 100 times. I must obviously be able to do 200. No, that's not how it works. Not in the slightest. And then they go and do 200 and they go, oh man, I failed. I epically failed. I was screaming and crying and yelling for help. Had to slide out from underneath the bar as it was crushing me and I thought I was going to die as it was like rolling towards my throat now see anybody that's tried to lift heavy before one of those things has happened to him I, I guarantee it. it's happened to me <laughs> trying to put too much weight and you're like I don't need a spot I'll be fine I didn't try to you know do put in another 100 pounds but you try to put on like another 20 or 30 pounds when you're already kind of at your peak it's still a lot to, to take on and you do it once and you're like oh man but once doesn't really count you got to do it like at least three times to really count that you can actually bench that weight and on that third try you're like nope nope i'm gonna die <laughs> but there you go i think i like that analogy a lot actually of uh of putting on the weights I think I'm going to roll with that in the future. And you're welcome to steal it as well, too, to inspire others. 
I don't have any uh, trademarks on anything I say or do. But that, there you go, is why I just, I don't try to put what I know I can accomplish because I know I can accomplish. That's not going to challenge me. That's not going to simulate any growth. That's not going to push me to be better, right? And so I like knowing when I, when I leave work at the end of the day that there's some things I still haven't done. It sounds really weird. But as long as I know that I've pretty much had a good full day and, and exhausted myself trying to get shit done, then I'm good. I really am. See, that's the difference right there. If I came home every day with a lot left undone, I would know when I didn't show up right and I would feel like crap. But because I know that I am trying my hardest, doing my best, giving it my all, and just like when that person that goes into the Olympics and comes in fourth or fifth place, they can still rest okay with it. Don't have to settle, but you can still feel good that out of everybody in the entire world, I came in fourth or fifth. And as long as you gave it your all. So guess what? Now it's your turn. Go give it your all. Put a little bit more on your plate than you think you can handle. See what happens. All right, Wednesday, y'all. Halfway through the week. Let's do it. Work hard and be nice. All right, folks. Love y'all. I'm out.